Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for joining me and hanging out with me. We're going to do a lot of numbers today, so you know. I know that I usually say that there's not going to be any math, but there's some math. Well, not really math. It's just me reading numbers. You know, the thing is that I'm actually not as bad at numbers as I say I am. I just don't, you know, for some reason, math has always been something that if you turn it into baseball for me, I got I can figure out ERAs and all sorts of other stuff. Maybe that's one of the things I need to do as I get older. I need to try like academic stuff that I've been bad at and work on that a little bit more. Perhaps that's one of the pursuits that I'll take is. I careen into, well, I guess I'm already in into middle age, but that can be a hobby. Like I've already at least started what I think is going to be a hobby for me. I picked up a drone, y'all. I haven't even taken it out of the box yet. I don't, I haven't read any instructions or anything like that. I am going to try and learn how to fly a drone. I don't think it's really that hard, but I now have one in my possession and I'm going to see if I can learn how to do it. And then maybe I learn how to do something else. I actually really like learning things. Still, strangely enough. So, you know, I've, I get obsessed with stuff too, like chess openings. Like that became a thing for me for a good six months is why I ended up having a conversation with Derek Rose about chess openings when he was in town, because he's going to do like this big chess thing, which I think is kind of amazing. And I get obsessed with it. It's funny though. Cause like my dad and I have played, you know, hundreds of times and I've only beaten my dad too. And I asked him about openings because he teaches chess and, I was a bad student because I'm aggressive. Like, my aggression. I get emotionally attached into games. My father does not. So his record against me is like, you know, 100 and 
98 and two. <laughs> but, but the last match that we played, and my father's still with us. He's still alive. I saw him this morning. The last match we played, I won. And that will be the last match that we played. I had my mother take a picture of the board and everything. But I'm I'm always like in attack mode. It's so strange because for the most part, as a human being, I am fairly cautious. I'm not out here running scared, but I'm pretty cautious, very conservative when it comes to a lot of things. But when it comes to chess, for some reason, I have a taste for blood and it puts me in bad situations. Now, to my own credit, I am not one of these people that falls apart when I lose my queen. I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. It's not a good thing that you lose your queen, but I don't fall apart. And I would say that one of the things about like my dad, like I think I admire about him is his creativity on a chessboard. Like that's where I do think I inherit some of the stuff that he's got. Cause after I lose the queen, I get creative Sometimes I get stupid, and that's why I end up losing. But sometimes I can play so unorthodoxly. Is that even a word? That I can end up winning a match where I've lost my queen against lesser players. Like, if I'm playing against really good players, if I'm playing up against, like, people who are 1,600 and above, like, it's, it's a wrap. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, I go into these modes where I think right now my obsession is kind of based in really trying to learn Spanish. And so I'm doing the Duolingo. I'm I'm not doing a good enough job of, of like watching Telemundo noticias every night. Like I should be doing that. Like I should add on to my Duolingo experience by watching 30 minutes of news. I know that you're like five minutes into the podcast now. And you're like, I thought we were supposed to be talking about sports rights fees. Don't worry. We're going to get to that. But that's like my thing. I think I, I right now, let me check. I can check my Duolingo and see exactly where I'm at from a streak standpoint. It's over 100 days. I know that. Yeah, 124 days I've been committed to doing Duolingo. I'm pretty sure, and this was the case before I started Duolingo, like I I can pretty much read Spanish. It's just being conversational in Spanish is rough. And when I went to Montreal, even though that's a mostly French-speaking city and definitely a French-speaking province, the folks in Quebec have made it very clear that they want French to be the language of Quebec. I, I believe it's now a law. My, I was able, because it's a romance language, to get by in Montreal because I know enough Spanish, if that makes sense. But I'd love to be able to, I'd love to be able to do more than just pick up some words and phrases here and there when I'm in a clubhouse. And I know that baseball Spanish, sports Spanish is very different 
from conversational business or even news Spanish. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure stuff out and learn new things. I like to challenge myself when it comes to some of the academic stuff. The amount of reading that I have to do to do the radio show gets in the way because you're trying to read so much stuff and be on top of everything. And But I, I enjoy the challenge of still being a student. That That's what grad school was. Like It was an absolute grind for me at Alabama. Like It was not fun all the time. <laughs> I wasn't just screaming roll tide and going to football games, y'all. It was... I was being put in some very interesting situations with due dates and writing assignments and all sorts of stuff, but I digress. One of the things I love about the pod is that it gives me time to expand on things. Like there's stuff that I do. And sometimes I, it's my fault because I assume that the audience knows a little bit more than it might, or or I should rephrase that. The audience cares a little bit more about certain things than they might. Now, usually when I bring something to their attention, I bring something to your attention, you do care about it, and I get follow-ups from folks via email, sometimes text message, like in regards to this episode of the podcast. And I should explain it. So basically what we're going to do is go through the type of discussion that I would have with my students at DePaul because I wanted to follow up and more thoroughly explain something that I was talking about in a previous podcast. If you go back a couple of weeks, I was talking about the layoffs at ESPN and what were the factors that that had us going into these layoffs. Why were people being laid off? What was what's the environment that's been put in place where you are forced and I am I am gritting my teeth while I I I I put up the exclamation point not exclamation points the quotation marks for that. I am I'm why you have to go ahead and lay people off. For me, when I look at this as uh, in the macro, the macro of this for me has to do with the amount of money that organizations, that networks are spending on rights fees. The right to broadcast the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college softball now has become uh, something that the networks like to use. All of this stuff, it costs money. F1, NASCAR, you see what I mean? Uh, EPL, all of that stuff. It costs money. You have to pay these leagues a big amount of money to broadcast their games. And then, in turn, you say, well, my company is going to be able to sell advertising space on our network to cover the cost plus some profit of picking up these rights fees. I wanted to illustrate to you why 
it's so important. And I want to break this down into two categories, okay? The first category is broadcast television, and that's where this whole conversation with, my, with one of my colleagues came up. Rights fees are lifeblood to network television. All the places where you can still use rabbit ears to get programming, it is the lifeblood. And I'll explain in a minute, but let me just say, if you're someone that cut the cord, but you still have the rabbit ears and you can watch channel two, channel five, channel seven, channel nine, channel 32, channel 11, channel 20, right? I think it's still around. There are going to be live sports events that are going to be broadcast on those major networks, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, etc. You can still watch the Bears games on Sunday for the most part. Actually, every game, like that's one of the things that they have written in. Every Bears game, every NFL game for local markets, you can watch over regular TV. It's why if a game is broadcast on ESPN, for example, usually the game is also being carried on a local station, whether it's Channel 7 or Channel 9 or sometimes Channel 26 the local audience will still get an opportunity to watch their team. There's a lot of money in that, and there's going to be a lot more money in that. And I'm curious. I saw, saw someone bring this up. And uh, Sports TV Ratings, which is a, a, uh, a Twitter site that I follow, I think they do a really good job of kind of explaining some of the what ratings means for sports television. Someone had brought up to them, because of the writer's strike, and the fall television season getting underway, could we see more national baseball coverage in the fall to make up for it? And I think that's a really interesting question. Now, granted, you're only talking about a couple of weeks, maybe, when the fall television season starts in connection with when baseball is outside of the playoff window but if I were capable if I were a network executive that didn't have enough programming available to cover my 24-hour slate with new content I would at least look at the idea of all right, let me throw a game on Tuesday night instead of a rerun of Family Feud or The Cube or some new game show that I'm trying out because game shows and reality shows are usually what fill the void when there is a writer's strike or an, an actor's strike, okay? And the reason that I say that is because of what, are the, what the numbers are when you have live sports, the numbers are incredible. So now I'll bring you into the conversation that I had. My buddy Jack Silverstein, after the pod that I did on the ESPN layoffs, like hit me up and he was like, you kept talking about the rights fees. And he's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know a lot about it. And that's the thing. Like Jack's one of the, the smartest people that I know. And if he's not up on some of this stuff, then I took it as like, here's an opportunity for me to share some stuff that 
maybe people aren't paying as much attention to and for good reason why should you care right like why should you care about all of this stuff but if you do care and you wanted to add context to the conversation about ESPN for example this is why you should care I go over this with my students every year because every year there's a new list of this they monitor they monitor the the ratings for over-the-air broadcast. Like, what are the, the top 100 rated broadcast? Now, you might think, okay, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, because everyone wants to know where they're at from a rating standpoint so that they can figure out what their ads fees should be. Like, you want to know if the TV show that you put on the air and put millions of dollars into is giving you a return on investment. So SBJ, Sports Business Journal, Austin Karp is usually the person that writes about this. He takes a look at, of the top telecasts each year, the top 100 telecasts, over-the-air television on the networks, we'll talk about streaming in a second. Of the top 100 telecast, how many do you think are sports, live sports? And I'll give you like a little bit of Jeopardy music to think about it before I give you the answer. Do, 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 do. I always thought that that was, I'm a little teapot. Is that crazy? Because at the end it's like, tip me over and pour me out all right so anyway we're at the end of the music if your guess wasn't 94 then you're wrong in 2022 because that's the last year that we have data for because obviously 2023 is not over 94 of the top 100 telecast in 2022 were sports the year before that it was 95 but usually the only time where there's a dent in that is when there is a presidential election that's when we do see news coverage kind of come to the forefront and take away some of the spots that we see in telecast that's why networks are feverish about getting live sports. The other thing that's interesting inside this is that live sports, especially football, and I mean football, it's, it's college football, especially with the, uh, the semifinals now and the finals, those are usually in the top but i'll just let me i'll just do the top 10 for you okay number one you can guess right everyone knows what the highest rated television show each year is that's easy number one is always going to be the super bowl so the rams Bengals super bowl was the highest rated television show telecast in 2022 it had a 110.4 rate and like 110 million people saw it Okay, 
So what's next? Usually, it follows suit. The NFC and the AFC title game, and they are two and three in the top ten. Number four, the divisional playoff game between the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, that was kind of a crazy game. 43 million people watched that. Number five, the Giants and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys are littered inside of this list. They are littered inside of it. They rate. People watch the Cowboys. You can say whatever you want about the Cowboys. People will watch them. That's why they always max out their primetime schedule each year. They usually have five and then maybe a sixth if they're good. Number six, CBS's wildcard 49ers-Cowboys game. Number seven, the divisional playoffs between the Buccaneers and the Rams. Number eight, the divisional playoff game between the Packers and the 49ers. We have to go all the way down to number nine before we find our non-football event. And what is that? President Biden's State of the Union address. Then number 10 is Bill's Lions. And then after that, it's football, 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 football. Let me look to, I'll go down the list to see if there's anything. There's nothing in the top 20 outside of the State of the Union that isn't football. Then we get to, the, here are the non-NFL telecast, because the NFL is all up in the top 50. I think it's like 47 of the fifth, top 50, right? Now we're talking about the Olympics. In an Olympic year, they're going to show up. And college football playoffs, Georgia-Alabama game, that game did huge numbers, 23.6 million, million people. The Georgia-Ohio State game, that did 23 million people. Then you got to go to like the Thanksgiving Day Parade and the the hearings on the January 6th insurrection. Notice that I haven't named any scripted show. The, you get down to the Academy Awards So here are the categories that rate sports award shows. Why? Because they're live. Live television is still where it's at. It's the reason, part of the reason that sports is big is because it's DVR proof, kind of. Most people want to live in the moment, watch a game, not knowing what the outcome is, or they are betting on the game and that is driving their viewership, but you you don't want to do it taped. You want to do it live, right? I mean, I guess betting tape would be great because you'd already always know the winner. But there is nothing in here outside of... The, the committee stuff where you're talking about a, a popular television show being in the top 20 of non-football stuff. That's wild. Now let's talk a little bit like Big Bang Theory. I always use Big Bang Theory because Big Bang Theory was on for 13 years. It was a really popular show. Their finale 
may get on a list like this. Like their series finale may get on a list like this, but that's it. That's all you're going to see. Now let's talk a little bit about the rights fees and how much money is being generated from the rights fees. We'll do that after a timeout and then we'll get into the streaming part of this discussion. That's next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, there's a lot of money and there's more money that's starting to be generated by other sports. But let's talk about let's talk about the sports that are the biggest deal to us as Americans. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey. The American sports and soccer with MLS. And, and we're only talking about men's sports right now. Okay, I'll get to women's sports inside of this conversation too because that's a growth industry as far as I'm concerned. It's a place where there is money to be found if you are brave enough to take the risk. Right now, locked in sports TV rights, and this is according to The Hollywood Reporter, the NFL for through 2033 has a $110 billion deal with Amazon, Paramount, CBS, NBC, Fox, Disney, and ESPN. The NBA, which is getting ready to have like crazy new stuff, but their deal that's locked in through 2025 is $24 billion. Major League Baseball, oh, and their their partners are Turner Sports, Disney slash ESPN. MLB, $12 billion plus. Locked in through 28-29 with Fox, Turner, Disney, ESPN, Apple, YouTube, Peacock. The NHL clocks in at $4.4 billion through 2028 with Disney and Turner Sports. MLS has a crazy deal with Apple for $2.5 billion for the streaming rights to MLS. I they they also I their deal is kind of funky, so I don't want to speak out of turn because there's some things about it that I think are fascinating. Um, so they're locked in through 2033. It's clear why the networks want this stuff. And what streaming companies have found out is 
sure, people like to watch Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock do the live thing, which drew a crazy amount of numbers. Like it was a, a real from a I didn't like the special. I didn't think the special was Chris Rock's best work. I didn't think that he did an, a good job of stating his case with Will and Jada. I also thought he made himself look bad in some other areas of that. It was unprepared, which is a word that I don't ordinarily use with Chris Rock when it comes to stand-up. I think he's one of the best, most prescient writers. And he's usually meticulous when it comes to putting stuff together, which is one of the reasons I like him. But you could tell that even a year later, he's still seething mad. And it came across, and I thought it came across poorly, but that's neither here nor there. He did create an event. He did something on Netflix that the streaming services have been trying to figure out. How do we do a live event that draws a lot of eyes to us that people don't go, oh, I can watch that shit later? He created one. And made a whole lot of money for himself. Reportedly, was it $30 million? And for Netflix, because the idea was if you didn't have a Netflix subscription, you were going to miss out and be a part of it. Same thing what we're talking about when we're talking about sports. You can't record. Well, in, in the case of Chris Rock, you could. But in sports, you can't. You can't record this and be a part of it. So that's what they're trying to do. But the streaming services have figured out is that you'll you'll dawdle and take your time. I I subscribe to all of the streaming services. It's part of the job. So I've got all of the stuff. I'm in a position where for now I can afford it. And I mean, there are like tax implications to it too, but it's the cost of doing business. But for people who can't, you've got to pick and choose. And one of the things that might make you choose one streaming service over another streaming service is they have access to something you love. For example, you're a baseball fan. And this doesn't happen very often throughout the season, maybe four or five games. But there are four or five games each season, if you're a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan, where your game is going to be on Apple exclusively. Now, Apple's done a good job of, you know, I, whatever. Come and watch this on Apple Plus for free. We'll bombard you with, you should get a subscription to Apple TV Plus because we have shows like Silo, which is one of my favorites, by the way. But if you're a streaming service, you've got to find ways to bring more people to get subscriptions to your particular streaming service. So if you're Peacock, well, we've got Premier League in, where people can watch their team instead of waiting around to see if Arsenal is going to be on the national broadcast on, broad, on broadcast TV on NBC. I can go over to Peacock and watch their match against Newcastle instead of having to watch the Chelsea match because it's the only it's the, the one of the two that they're going to broadcast on Sunday morning. With Peacock, I got that. So NBC Universal spent a boatload of money to get EPL because how many fans there are. 
in the United States and everyone is kind of taking on a team. You see where I'm going with this? Live, live, live. If you have live compelling programming, you can get eyes on it. And if you can get eyes on it, you can either sell new subscriptions or you can add advertising dollars or in the case of streaming, you can do both. You can have some of your ads playing on the bottom third of the screen to try and recoup your investment. And that return on investment is why these networks do what they do. They're trying to make money. But they get lost in the sauce sometimes. And the reason that they get lost is because since it's a valuable commodity, everyone wants it. Trust me. If the rights fees for streaming services, if Apple could buy them all and they theoretically could, they they would. Apple wants football because they know what football is, but that's why you had Amazon and Jeff Bezos, who could buy everything, spend a whole bunch of money to get the Thursday night football contract and then make it exclusive. So now if you like football, if you like the NFL and you don't want to go without your Thursday night football fix and you're not in the local market where the game is being played, you've got to get Amazon Prime. And you should because the boys is on there eventually when it comes back. They got movies and stuff. No one's paying me to say that. I just bringing it up because I have all of them. So I, I watch how I'm being advertised to on all of the different platforms. But go back to what we talked about in the first segment with broadcast television. Every one of the over-the-air networks wants it because they know that it's a place where you're you're going to be a compelled viewer. You're not going to record Gossip Girl and watch it later. They know that you're going to be right there watching the NFC title game or watching whatever Cowboys game is on or watching the Bears. So getting it is like gold. But the opportunities to get some of the bigger, like if you're a growing network or streaming service, you've got to figure out, well, where's the next place where I can get people to get in on my streaming service because we have something that they have. If I'm a network, like where can I do that? Like you notice that Marquee did a deal with the sky. I think that's a really smart thing. You're running a 24-hour network. Your network needs programming. I hate the word fill. I hate when broadcasters talk about filling time. I think it's it's a pet peeve of mine. It's lazy. Your job is to program. So a network's job is to program those 24 hours. Why wouldn't you add a live product there? Because it's more likely that people are going to watch that than watching this old cub. I don't even know if they, they run that, but you remember that. Remember this old cub? Like, they're, they're more likely to do that. 
And there are more places where people are looking around and saying, is this a valuable property? Is the WNBA a valuable property? Is women's college basketball valuable property? And ESPN has found out the answer to that question is yes. Let me tell you something, what's getting ready to happen. After the season that women's college basketball had, the finish to that season, where you had like a lot of different things go on. You had this juggernaut of a team in South Carolina that got beat. You had this incredible individual effort by Caitlin Clark that became like a national story. And then you had the matchup with this kind of rogue team and LSU against Caitlin Clark that people were compelled by because of some of the personalities. It's a growth opportunity for women's college basketball. And ESPN is happy that they have that contract. So where else can you look? What's a compelling sport? I think softball, I have been banging the drum for softball for a decade because I think it's a great television sport. It's usually 90 minutes. You can see the entire field. You don't have to kind of like split it up the way that you do in baseball. It's, it's high energy. There's a lot of chanting and stuff, and the, and the games are good. The skill level is really, really high. That's a place where you're going to see stuff. You're going to see stuff, you know, brought on into other sports like pickleball, for example. If if that becomes a place where you're you've got some stars and you're seeing people try it now. Like let's get old tennis players out there and see if that will draw people to watch. Here's Andre Agassi. Here's Michael Chang. They're playing pickleball against each other. Are you interested? I don't know, but it's still a better bet than creating a sitcom and everything that a sitcom is. So anyway, I hope this kind of explains what I'm talking about. And shout out to my guy, Jack Silverstein, for kind of making me do this podcast. It's, it is big business and it's working on levels that you wouldn't believe. And, and let me, if, 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 if the galactic stuff is too big, let me make it smaller for you for a second. Okay. Even on a, on a station like the score, having a, a property, having a live sports property is a big deal. Cubs games rate really well. Now, when we had the Sox, Sox are strange, and I, I think it's partially because Sox as a fan base, and, and I am, you know, a Sox fan, I don't know if we're big enough. The team has to be great, and they got to be great from the beginning of the season, I think, to warrant people listening. And... For my friends over at 1000, honestly, I think this year the White Sox have hurt them. I think the White Sox have hurt their live programming over at 1000. 
I think this is one of those rare times when a live sporting event is less desirable than actual programming. I think people would rather listen to Waddle and Sylvie talk about the Cubs or the Bears than listen to White Sox games this season, if that makes sense. And we'll see what ends up happening with the Bears over there. From I don't know this, but from what I heard, they paid a pretty penny and trying to get return on investment from something from programming that is no doubt going to win you Sundays and will probably increase their cumulative audience. But you better have gotten everything out of that relationship and your sales department better be on fire. They got to sell. And hopefully for them, the Bears will allow them to sell and make some money and maybe they can throw more money into the other aspects of their programming day. But I know that the Cubs, and, and it's hard even with the Cubs and the Cubs rate, you've got to figure out ways to add more revenue and it's got to be worth it. And right now, even with the Cubs being a below 500 team, people are compelled enough that you could make the argument that people would prefer to listen to the Cubs game over the last few minutes of Bernstein and Holmes and Parkins and Spiegel. It's pretty even right now, though. But if because of the amount of inventory, it's 162 games. For us, it's worth it if we sell it. And we're selling it. And it's good. And so I hope, you know, for the folks over at 1000 that they have something similar go on with the Bears because they are not getting it with the White Sox. And that sucks. Because that's eating up a lot of your programming. And it's that's cool and all, but when you got a team that people don't care about and have absolutely ejected from the plane on, it sucks for what your guys that are in the studio, your men and women that are in the studio over there trying to do to bring people into the process. But hey, the Bulls also rate for us. As strange as that sounds, it's perfect. Bulls programming is perfect. It's nighttime programming. We have the deal with them. It allows for us to have something on live at night. People love listening to live sports. So between Bulls games and the NFL package, we don't have the Bears, but we have the NFL package, so we get Monday night, Thursday night football. Our nighttime programming in the fall is great. And then you sprinkle in, like Gabe and Grody, and you're putting them on the air. I do a, a, a couple of shows from the United Center now during the fall and winter leading up to 7 o'clock games and stuff. But the whole thing is fascinating. This is what the whole business is built on. So I hope that you got something from this other than I can't do math. I appreciate you listening. I love doing this. Like this is These are the things I love to like talk with my students about too. And it's like it gives them a real 
it gives them a better idea of how the sausage is made. And trust me, this is how the sausage is made. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful time. Whatever this week is for you, I hope it's wonderful. And enjoy yourself. I'm going to do a couple other um, more personal pods. Like you may have noticed, I haven't been in the Sun-Times. I haven't done that podcast yet, but I'm going to. Um, After sitting on it for a couple of weeks, because kind of like chess, sometimes I get fired up about things and I don't want to go overboard. So I'll do that podcast and you'll get a chance to understand or maybe not understand where I was coming from. Thanks for listening to this one. Sports Adjacent this week is going to be awesome. Make sure you check it out. And we will have a new episode of Favorite Cub and Favorite White Sox. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.